Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for following along the latest series. Who would have thought? Now, I told you at the back at the uh, beginning now, which is part one, um, that I just am feeling a little bit more myself lately. I'm inching into, whew, man. I mean, in all honesty, I feel like I've just kind of been cruising real slow through a little bit of a desert and sipping on some water and eating uh, some crumbs of a snack bar to just kind of keep me going. But, Father, we're still driving. We're, we're still moving. But, wow, oh, it's not much not much scenery around here. Some cactus and, ooh, there's some briars. And I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> and isn't that what the path to Zion is sometimes, friend? We're rediscovering the ancient way. And, man, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell in any way rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes we endure, as I've been saying. <clears throat> and, I, again, I apologize for my cough. I think I've got it worked out a little bit for now. So we're talking about the cup principle. And I'm gonna, we'll make this the conclusion, presumably. And we're actually going to get the cup out. And, and I'm hoping that this will, will actually work as a little bit of a visual. And... You know, I haven't practiced this or anything, so we'll see how it goes. But when I was drinking out of this specific coffee cup weeks ago for breakfast, my morning coffee, you know, I was thinking about these things as I talked about back in part one, about how you and I see things differently by, by just mere makeup of who we are as individual human beings. We have different vantage points. It's the way it is with every human being. I don't care how how you found people in your life that are so much like you and we're so we're all different. We're intricately made by the by the awesome creator to be individually unique and distinct. And as we come together, these differing components into the body of Messiah, and we make up his body as a as a living physical manifestation and representation of himself, what a beautiful yet also mysterious and challenging thing we become. And so I, I, as I got this out the other day, and I want to I start it out right, and it's going to take me just a minute here. Now, now, what do you see? We'll put it right here. What do you see? You see a cup, a coffee cup, right? You see a cup, and if you are... Able to see with your eyes. Now, all of you who are listening at pathdesign.com to the audio only, you're going to have a real problem about now. You're going to have to go to the YouTube channel. But what you're seeing here, and if you're not, if you're just listening, if you're not viewing, this is a white coffee cup, right? Well, duh, (laughs) to use a term that's long past. I see a white cup, Joel. Of course. What's the big deal? This is what you've been ramping up to? Yeah, it's a white cup, right? I mean, it's very, very simple. Now, I'm going to show you the exact same cup, okay? The exact same cup. I'm going to do my best to to do this well. Don't be like my son, like, I can still see the white on there, Dad. Okay, now what do you see? What is it? It's a blue cup, Joel might look black on your screen. It does on mine. Blue. It's navy blue. Well, you see blue when you look at this cup. But here's, 
Here is the beautiful body of Messiah. Here is truth. Here is the invitation that we have been called to walk according to. It's both, man. It's both. If I had a million colored cup, it would more appropriately describe the complexities of the vantage points within the body of Messiah. God-given, God-breathed, God-ordained by His perfect construction, His idea, which always gives us hope now. It was His idea and intent to form a body out of many parts. It was His purposes coming to pass in you and in me. And so what I want to talk about for the next little bit as we bring this to a close is this simple illustration that any one of us could rightly say, if I covered this up, that is a white cup, Joel. White. Don't try to tell me it's anything else. Again, we could go over all these doctrinal issues that we've talked about. Belief systems. Denominational leanings. How you've been trained. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And you could say, there's no way. I say, well, it's blue. No, it's not. You say it's white. Now, same thing. Same principle at play. It is blue. It is white. If we're not careful, we slice and dice the body of Messiah because we're saying, it's white. I know it is. He says, it's blue, dang it. I know it is. And I would believe the Spirit of the living God is saying right now in this age, for all people that are claiming to be representations of Yeshua Messiah, you know what? Chill. There's shreds of truth in what you're saying, and there's shreds of truth in what you're saying. So y'all both calm down, because if you're going towards the same goal, which is Christ's likeness, then y'all need to remember in humility that you yourself do not possess all truth. None of you. If you watch that series, The Chosen, man, they're bickering. The disciples are bickering around a campfire, I believe, is the situation. And Yeshua's out healing, doing signs and wonders and miracles, like all day long. And it's who knows what time into the night. And all the disciples and his followers are sitting around the fire. And in, in the way we could just summarize, they're all bickering about who's the greatest in the kingdom. What I did. No, what I did. Did you see what I did? Did you hear what Yeshua said about me? They're bickering. They're being natural, fleshly, worldly, immature, just like me and you. And Yeshua comes back exhausted. He probably hasn't eaten. He hasn't slept. He hasn't stopped serving and pouring out himself as a suffering servant. And he walks by all their bickering, and he says something along the lines of, Good night. And he goes to his tent. And in that moment in the, in the, in the video series, no words needed to be spoken, and his disciples were cut to the heart. Why? Because it's not about us. It's not about what we've done. It's not about what we know. It's not about what we possess. 
it's about being a suffering servant who is here to what? Serve and to make ourselves low for the greater good and the building up of the body. And so, why do we do that? Why do we do that? I came up with some things. I don't know if this is going to be visible on the screen or not. Probably not. I'll read them as I go in case it's not visible. Why would we do that? Why would we look at this cup and say, I know it's white. I know it's white. You idiot. Can't you see what the word of God says? It's white, this issue. Bickering with the man who says it's blue. Maybe not out of your mouth, but possibly in your heart or both. Why is one reason? We have several. One, arrogance. That's probably not visible. Arrogance. One reason why we would not be tolerant and patient and kind and long-suffering, enduring alongside the brethren. What's another one? Hurts. Wounds, man. Don't you know what the church did to me? Don't you know what the evangelical church did and said about me? That what hurts me, man. Don't you know how hurt I am? by what all my friends think of me because of what I'm journeying unto now? Don't you know how hurt I am because they think I'm an idiot who who is back under slavery of the law and I've abandoned Yeshua Messiah? I've abandoned my salvation and the free gift of salvation that I've been given? That hurts, man. What's another one that could be? Confusion. I don't understand what you're saying. I've never heard that before. Someone presents something to us, and I'm just confused. That that throws off what I've always believed. I don't understand. And so we all have the potential to just stop. No, I'm confused. That, That makes me look at a text, a truth, a doctrinal position that I've always saw as blue, and you're telling me it's white, and so I'm just confused. I, I can't. I can't do it. I've got, I've got no place for that. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't receive that. And this kind of goes hand in hand with that one. This one, doctrine. Doctrine. I can't do it. The denomination I'm in or I was raised in that is my preference now, whatever the case, I can't do it. No, I won't. My doctrinal position says this, which is white, and you're presenting me something blue. And I am so, I am so lorded over or devoted to my doctrine, I can't. I won't. That's another one. Man, these are all so related. (laughs) Idolatry. Idolatry. Let's just be hard for a brief moment, man. I've gone through all this myself or am going through it now. I'm not giving up Christmas and Easter. I don't care if you show me in Scripture and throughout history that they're pagan. I don't care. 
I love it, man. I'm not giving it up. I'm not giving up this. I'm not questioning that. Why? It's become an idol in my heart. And I've, I've loved it for so long, I'm not willing to even entertain the idea of giving it up and walking away. I love food so much, I would never consider that that on my plate is possibly unclean. I won't consider it. No. I love it. It's an idol in my life. This is related to stuff we've already just talked about. It says offenses. Offenses. I won't believe this because somebody said that to me 20 years ago, and they hurt me bad. It goes to, Again, these are all we could draw like a spider web, <laughs> and these are all upon it, and more. We're just touching on a few. That offends me, man. We could go through the list that I've already read. Tongues offends me, man. I don't like all that mess. I don't like it. No. I'm going to study it for, for two years to find out why it's biblically false, because I don't even like it. That offends me. It can hold us back from being in unity with the brethren. Traditions goes hand in hand with doctrines. And, and a lot of things that we just do. It's intricately woven with idolatry. Traditions skews our view really skews our, 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 our willingness to hear another vantage point, another perspective of a, of a biblical truth that may be right, but we won't do it. No. Mm-mm. I've never done it that way. I've never done that. I won't do it. I'm so steeped in the repetitious tradition that's been handed to me from well-intended people. Uh-uh. Won't move. We've got to do that. Don't, don't present to me any other option. It has to be like that, or else I don't even know who I am. My own identity would be shaken, crushed, if I entertained even the idea that what you're presenting to me that's blue might threaten what I call white. And the last one, just again, this is just a few. We could have spent all day on this. Worldly mindsets. Worldly mindsets. Without trying, we touched on what Shaul said about that, calling them worldly, fleshly, carnal, driven. <clears throat> and thereby, he said what? He said, they're not ready for solid food. You're, you're not even ready. Worldly mindsets can really keep us back. And worldly mindsets, friend, and I hate, this hurts, this stings, but a lot of worldly mindsets is the doctrine that you've inherited. A, a grace-soaked doctrine that says that Yahweh God is not the same as he was. He's changed. He reinvented himself and reinvented religion and the church in Yeshua Jesus. He's just different now. That's a worldly tradition. That's not a biblical tradition. But if it has become part of our makeup of who we are, we will have a very hard time, if we're not careful, letting that go 
And so this is just a very simple, yet I believe clear representation of, again, like I showed this cup, it's all about the vantage point, friend. And this is a perfect example. The, how this cup looks has been changed now. I'm looking at all of these words upon it. We could have put them within it as well. There's several things we could have done to make the point. The cup principle, friend, is this. There are more ways than mine to look at the eternal, perfect, unadulterated truth of the Word of God and who the body is, who I am, who you are, who we're to be, who we're becoming. So let's read some verses. Proverbs 26. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Romans 12. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. Matthew 7, 5. She was talking to them about dealing with other people's issues. First, not don't bother with them. Not don't ever confront that. Not mind your own business. But first... First, take the log out of your own eye, insinuating by what comes next that you do that. Then, after you do that, proceed. Then you will see clearly, okay? Remove the log from your own eye, and friends, your log is going to probably fall within some of these categories right here. It's very likely that the log in your own eye, friend, from Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, is somewhere on this cup. After, or then, you will see clearly, so that you can remove the splinter from your brother's eye. I know we know this stuff, but it's still true, and we still need to hear it and remind ourselves. Second Timothy chapter one verse seventeen: For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. He goes on. To write Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, avoid irreverent babble. It will only lead people into more and more ungodliness. Let's know what we're saying and why. Instead of just all this chatter about just constant bickering. James chapter 4. What causes quarrels and causes fighting among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? We know what passions are. Not passionate for the gospel now. The natural man. You desire and you don't have, so you murder. You covet and you can't obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You don't have because you don't ask. You ask and you don't receive because even when you do, you ask wrongly. You spend it on your own passions. You are an adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And again, worldly mindsets. Worldly mindsets. And again, they're all hand in hand. Traditions, doctrines of men. They make us an enemy of God. Fighting, quarreling. Self, self, self. Me, me, me. It's not the way of the suffering servant. Titus chapter 2, 6 through 8. Urge the young men to be self-controlled 
and in everything set them an example yourself by doing what is good. If you're a young man, look up for brothers. Try, it's hard, I know, try your hardest to find elders, brothers, men who have gone before you that are, that are examples of doing what is good. Now here's, man, don't even get me started. Well, how do we know what's good? ancient way, friends. (laughs) But when you're teaching, have integrity. Be serious. Not just be serious, but be, man, be a sober individual, mature man. Let everything that you say, most of what you say, some of what you say, pepper what you say with, no. Let everything you say be wholesome, that an opponent will be put to shame because he will have nothing bad to say about us. Hmm. Not in my notes now, but let's just think about this for a mere second as we wrap this up. This is very, this is profound now in Titus. The us reality. And that's, man, this, the Father's so good. That's kind of my point in all this. Our individual responsibility to rightly present and even form a correct us. Capital U, people of God, body of Messiah. Let's just read it again. Urge the young men to be self-controlled and in everything set them an example yourself by doing what is good. Let's be examples for those underneath us wherever we are in age and in our path. When you're teaching, have integrity, be serious. Let everything that you say be wholesome, that an opponent will be put to shame because he will have nothing to say about us. Man, that's awesome. Lastly, Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there's no guidance, the people fall. No vision, they perish. Where there's no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. Friends, is this true or not? Is this true or not? We think we've progressed. We think we've gone, we've come so far. We don't don't need all this advice. We know how to be Christians. You don't drink as much. You don't watch as many dirty movies as as your worldly neighbors. You don't cuss like that. I go to church, you know. I donate to missions. Or even, I keep the Torah pretty good. I do feast and Sabbath. What else? Man, I know the truth. I do feasts and Sabbath. Ha! You probably don't. Yeah, what about holiness? What about what your eyes look upon? What about the music you listen to? Ah, I know Torah. (laughs) Isn't this odd? This This is all of us in one way or another. It's just a matter of where we fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there's victory. Friends, you need help. I need help. We have limited understanding and vantage points. Individual. And if that's not enough and true, we're covered up with confusion, idolatry, offenses, traditions, doctrines, arrogance, hurts, and worldly mindsets. All of us. This is what we bring to the table, friends, in the body of Messiah. (laughs) And we just drink it up every day. But what is being told here in Titus? This is so cool. He's talking about an individual endeavor. 
to be self-controlled. And, and for those who are teaching and helping these young men, do what is good. Be an example. Have integrity. Be wholesome. Everything that you say, let it be a pleasing aroma to, to the Father so that, so that the world will look at us and see the glory of Yahweh Elohim. So, friend, none of us are individually meant to possess all truth. You're not meant to. It's okay. I'm giving you a little bit of, a, of an opportunity to, uh, to exhale today. Whew, you know what? I don't have to prove everyone wrong. This is kind of like where I've been the last two months. I don't have to solve all of the body, body of, of Messiah's issues today. I don't have to fix all of modern-day evangelical Christianity's endless issues today. It's not up to me. It's not dependent upon me. <laughs> We're not individually meant to possess all truth. And this endless drive to have all of the answers is deeming the body unnecessary for one another. Do you understand what I'm saying there? I'll repeat it. I see in, in every, every facet and avenue, you've, you've either got layman, laity mindset, which is like, I don't know anything. Preacher, 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 prophet, 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 author, 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 podcaster, podcaster. Teach me, teach me, I don't know anything. Just a layman. Or this insatiable desire to make sure everybody knows we know all the truth. You can come here. Go to my YouTube channel if you want truth. I've got hundreds of videos that will help you learn truth. But friend, we're not all individually meant to possess truth in its entirety. If we were, there'd be no us. As this cup has simply presented, and I believe what we've set up enough to understand what the Spirit is perhaps saying. I know he's saying to me, I believe he's saying that to the body of Messiah. You be the judge of whether or not he's saying that to you and your gathering, your church, your family, your household. But I believe there is a plurality, a necessity for the body to function together in the unity of the Spirit and not get so hung up on our differences. I'm just tired of it, frankly. Tired of it. But... I equally have an insatiable craving for others who are, who are knowledgeable now, who know truth, but are quick to also tell me, brother, what the Father's been telling you. First, I want to be that guy. I'm trying to be him. You tell me what the Father's saying to you before I even open my mouth and tell you what he's saying to me. I just want to know. What's the Lord saying to you, brother? without filtering it through like whether or not I agree with it or not, and all of these things that can hinder me from receiving the abundance of counselors in my life. So that's it for this study. It's not a study, this series. I do have studies that are done that are very lengthy that we'll get to. Now, perhaps next, I had a, I had a good conversation yesterday with a brother who was looking into um, the Nicolaitans. And I, during our conversation, I wasn't really thinking about it, but then I got to thinking like, wait a minute. I looked into the Nicolaitan understanding and what was being presented in Revelation about what that meant. 
a couple of years back. I got to find that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I had forgotten about that. So we've having have been having very minimal exchanges. And last night and even this morning, I was looking into that some more. We might go into that next. If if not, I've got I've still got these other teachings that I've done um, in other places over the last couple months that need to make it on here. We'll probably do those first. Um, but man, just look into gnosis, G N O S I S, knowledge and understanding. And I'm telling you, this is all. This would be a good springboard if this is what the Father's leading us to. This right here would be a great springboard into that about being careful with leaning on our own understanding and thinking we know better now. Those guys, whether it was in Israel or in Egypt or in the upper room, dare we get real bold, we think we know better now. They didn't know what we know. Oh boy, there is a sound warning. Oh boy, a strong one about being careful about our own understanding and about knowledge. So we may talk about the Nicolaitans and Gnosticism just a little bit um, in upcoming episodes. Whatever the case, thank you for watching or listening, whatever you're doing. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for joining us. Reach out to us at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for watching. Amen.